Hey there, it's Jason. Welcome to the Jason Wright Show, where the mission is very simple. It is to improve always in all ways. Look, I am on a mission to create the absolute best version of myself. And through the Jason Wright Show, I let you know everything I'm doing to make that happen. I interview incredible, remarkable, brilliant individuals from all different walks of life. And I also try to bring you tools, tactics, and protocols that will help you in your own personal mission to improve always in always. Now, let's get started. All right, folks. Well, there was such an overwhelming response to my episode with Dr. Gus Vickery, where we discussed body composition and semaglutide that we decided to come back with a follow-up episode as an AMA, an Ask Me Anything with Dr. Gus. And essentially what we did is we went deep into the body composition protocol that we discussed. If you remember in that conversation where we talked about is semaglutide good or bad? It can be very good. Dr. Vickery is a proponent of these peptides. However, if you're going to dramatically reduce your caloric intake the way semaglutide makes you do, then you've got to supplement. You've got to add some essential amino acids. You've got to add some omega-3s. You've got to be ready to make sure that your body can basically do without all these calories, but yet still get the nutrients that it needs. So we go deep into the weeds in this conversation to help you. If you are even thinking about taking a semaglutide peptide, or if you're just, or maybe you're currently taking it and your current physician didn't speak to you about this, tune into this episode. And as a bonus for you for free, the Jason Wright Show listener, there's no catch either. This is just to help you. Everything we talk about you can actually go out to jasonrightnow.com forward slash play dash book. Okay. Jasonrightnow.com forward slash play dash book and download a free copy of the semaglutide playbook. So you're going to have in your hands everything we talk about right here. So you can listen to Dr. Gus. You'll have the playbook. You put that alongside actually taking semaglutide if you should decide to do that then there you go there's the semaglutide playbook it'll help you reach success we don't want anything for it we just want to help folks improve always and always dr gus is helping me do that and so anyway with that enjoy this ama episode of the jason wright show with dr gus vickery thanks Dr. Gus, you uh, really stirred things up with our last episode, man. So had to bring you back. I appreciate you making the time. Yeah, thank you, Jason. We had a great time together that day. And I'm I'm glad that so many people were enthusiastic about learning these truths. It just tells me that, you know, people are ready. They're ready to get healthier. They're ready to experience the, you know, a sense of authentic health, not the just sort of gets feel, you know, do something, put a patch on, feel better for a little while, but not get healthy. Exactly. And one of the things that, okay, so we took a really kind of a buzzy topic, which is semaglutide or better known to most of the public at this point as Ozempic. And we were 
we I basically brought you on because I was getting so many questions about it. Then I think, you know, it's kind of like they, they say, the further you get from shore, the deeper the water. Well, we kind of, I brought this in. It was like drinking from a fire hose because there's so much. But one of the things that I've continued to get questions about, and I know since some of your patients and, and people that you deal with, since they've heard our episode, they're, they're like, well, okay, but that whole protocol part, that's what I need to know uh, about. And that's what I've been asking because I've had people that have reached out to me since our conversation that were either both. They're taking it and they're not, not, not saying that they're fearful, but they didn't realize exactly how much they should be paying attention to managing their body as, a, as opposed to just getting the shots, losing the weight, and thinking everything's going to be okay. So I want to talk today about this whole protocol aspect of making sure you have the greatest success as you decide to incorporate maybe these medicines and just body composition in general. So man, let's, let's answer some of these questions. Folks, if you're listening, we're going to go deep in the weeds. If you, again, if you are looking to change your body composition, if you think that part of the strategy is semaglutide, Ozempic, whatever the, whatever the brand or whatever the, the, whatever you choose, that's what we're hoping to get out of the way in this conversation. And I know I've had the questions, Dr. Gush, you've had some, so feel free to cover your specifically, but let's just get started with kind of what feedback you've received from our listeners. Uh, you won uh, great feedback. I appreciate all of it. Um, a lot of enthusiasm again, and also, you know, from the many people that I've shared it out with, and then they've shared it with other people. So excited about that. These mostly questions about the practical points. Okay. Because like you talked about, man, we, we couldn't help ourselves. We went off on tangents and we discussed deep aspects of health and, you know, some people are really eager to get just a quick walkthrough. Okay. Just tell me the main points. What is it I need to know and how do I apply it? So that I, I feel like I have my instruction manual, and you kindly uh, took my documents and created well-organized eBooks that we'll be able to offer them that explain this very clearly. But I thought we'd have a chance here just to talk through it really quickly and and explain in detail. And then some of the other questions um, I received, you know, they were specific things that we'll cover. Like, well, what does it mean to do a calorie restriction? Then do I do this much or that much? How much protein is enough? Uh, what if I get the side effects? How what, what what tools can I use to tolerate that? And and also, I had a lot of questions around. Well, you mentioned that you don't have to get it as Ozempic, and I don't have diabetes. What do you mean by that? So I was going to explain that the peptide is available. Perfect, perfect. All right, so let's just get started. I'm going to let you take it because again. We could go all over the map with this, but I think that generally speaking, a lot of these questions, they, there is a general theme there. So I think just imagine that all of a sudden you're, you, you've got 10, well, in this case, about 50,000 patients at once rolling up to a seminar on this. And this is that we're going to try to answer these questions. So where would you start, Doc? Yeah, let me start by just walking people through the protocol. And this won't take long. And for all the listeners, the ebook, the body composition ebook, Jason's going to make that available as a download. And it is really clear and it'll explain everything that I'm teaching you right now. So get that ebook and use it as a reference guide. I created it out of my experience with patients. Before I do this, let me give one disclaimer. What you're learning here isn't based on randomized controlled trials that were published in medical journals. I think one day there could be. 
but I don't know when that'll be. What you're learning is based on my experience with real human beings working in my clinic over a very long span of time and constantly trying to figure out this puzzle of how we can improve not only their body composition, but really their metabolic health, reverse insulin resistance, normalized blood glucose, primarily so that they can be healthy and stay healthy. And I've experimented with a lot of different approaches. And of course, with these peptides, we got excited with the potential and observing the different outcomes and, so, and, and trying to figure out why are people get, experiencing these different outcomes and these different responses. And so it all kind of synced up into this protocol. And if you decide to apply what I'm about to teach you, you're going to be swimming upstream in society. And a lot of people will criticize you, not in meaning to like uh, in, a, in a negative way to make you feel bad about yourself. They'll be nervous that you're hurting yourself or you're doing something extreme or that this isn't safe. But I'm here to tell you that if you do it the way I'm sharing with you, it's not extreme or unsafe. It's just a different way of understanding how the body is designed and how it responds to these inputs so you can get the result you want. And if you just look around at our society, you'll see the, the approaches we've been suggesting aren't working. <laughs> so, you know, so we've got to find a way. So I've got dozens, if not more, case studies of real humans where we follow their DEXA data, meaning we actually measure their lean mass and fat mass very precisely. We place them on these protocols. We use these peptides. Sometimes we don't use the peptides. You, a lot of people get a result without the peptide. And then we also monitor their blood data and looking at hormones, metabolics, immune system, inflammation to make sure that there's nothing, there's no indicators that uh, we're doing something, we're missing something or that we're taking them in the wrong direction. And all of these case studies that I can show you, um, are, we're batting 100% right now. People who utilize the specific teachings I'm going to share with you get a good result every time and are healthier and feel better. They're not in danger. They're not going to get sick. In fact, they're now much less likely to get sick. So please understand that, but also understand I'm sharing with you my experience and my understanding of the body. I'm not out here to make claims that trials have proved that this is the way to do this. And I'm sure we'll get better over time. I so, think very important real quick. Doc, because that's one of the things that I, that's one of the questions I have received from people that you know would consider using this protocol, meaning uh, adding semaglutide into their their body composition toolkit, and they're just like, no, this is just too good to be true. There's just no way. There's not going to be long term mm -hmm. adverse effects. Jason, I'm just sorry. Come on, there's a, there there is a boogeyman around the corner. So I think that this is really good to help scientifically dispel that and again going back to what you said is having your own patients that you've tracked and followed with good data to uh and, and by the way neither one of us are, are are in the pocket of big pharma we we get nothing we get nothing from this so i think it's very important to to make that because there's no reason for us to come on here it's just literally to help you better understand it Yes. And what I'm here to do is not to convince you to use semaglutide. I'm here to convince you, if you want to improve your body composition, to apply this understanding so that you get the best result. And maybe semaglutide is a useful tool for you. Could be. Um, and and But it's not necessary. We can get people there without it. But this is much more, much more about the principles of your body's design. So you understand this because the more you understand it, 
and it resonates with you, the more less likely you're going to get fooled in the future by fads and things. You just know it. And these principles are really quite simple. And truthfully, they're just kind of common sense. It's just sometimes hard to find given all the fog of information and people selling stuff out there. So essentially, you know, we've talked, we talked about this in the last podcast, so I'll keep it brief, but your, your body runs on nutrients and calories. Now there's more to it than that. There's electromagnetic energy fields. I mean, there's all kinds of things, but we're, we're just going to keep it in this particular level. So food is about sustenance. Same thing with water or beverages, right? You're and then breathing air. You're putting everything in your body it needs to be able to maintain structure and function and create energy. And then, uh, as you know from our last podcast, the very nature of our food has changed. The vast majority of it is minimally nourishing and typically somewhat toxic, containing harmful elements. And so it's really affecting our body. So we have to really think about what was it our body was seeking from food? Why is our nervous system entrained to drive us towards food? Well, it was seeking two things, but the first is the most important. It was seeking the actual nutrients that allows your body to work properly. This includes macronutrients like amino acids, which come from protein, and essential fatty acids, which would come from, of course, different types of fats that would be in the food we would eat. It also includes all the micronutrients, all the, the, the different vitamins and minerals that our body has to have to function. Those are the things that our body is built out of and maintain function. That's what the body has to have. And the nervous system is seeking those things. And it starts to get very stressed if it's running out of those things because it can't, the body can't maintain function. It's also seeking calories, actual energy from food that it can combust and turn into something called ATP, which is your cellular energy. But the body can go along. It's designed to be able to go through stretches with minimal calories as long as it has nutrients available to it. And so typically when someone would follow a diet, it, a starting place right now for 100% of people I've tested, if they're not already aggressively nutritionally supplementing, is they have either insufficient or outright deficiencies of many different essential nutrients. The starting place you can just assume is you're not, um, you, you know, you're, you're not fully repleted with the nutrients that your body requires based on my testing and based on population health studies. So then you start eating less food. So now you knock calories down and you knock nutrients and protein down. Well, you're taking a body that's already lacking what it needs to maintain health, health and vitality, and you're just cutting it all back. So yes, you're going to lose weight because your body has to create that energy and it will, but eventually you struggle. You're just tired and hungry and you can't work out with, you know, because you're too weak. And that's not typically because you've run out of calories unless you're so lean that you look like somebody who needs to eat some food. And this happens to people all the time who have 100 extra pounds on them and they lose 30 and they get to this place. They're not out of calories. Their body still has 70 more pounds of calories that it could use for a long period of time. It's just not getting to those calories. So you're, the, the first thing to understand is that you're, you've got to optimize this nutrient status. And you can do this through supplementation. And if you're going to end up go, using this protocol and really cutting your food consumption back, and using something like semaglutide, which will cause you to cut your food consumption back, you have to optimize nutrient status or you're not going to get a good result. 
Does that make sense, Jason? It makes perfect sense. But one of the questions I do want to ask you is something that did come up from one of the listeners because they they were they really zeroed in on the supplementation aspect of this. And the question was, Jason, I've always heard that supplements just end up making for a really expensive. They said pee, but I guess we can clean it up because we're all we're we're real big and fancy, expensive urine. <laughs> but Dr. Gus really seemed to emphasize supplementation. How can you explain to me that this is not just making me have really expensive urine? Yeah, well, it's a great question. And it really depends upon many different factors. You know, what was your nutrient status? If you're taking things your body already has plenty of, yeah, then you're probably just, you know, excreting uh, those. Also, what type of supplement did you take? Was it bioavailable? Was it something that's easily absorbable over the gut? Is it something that could be transported into cells? Is it the right type and form of nutrient? Was it synthetic or food-based? I prefer food-based, but we do use some synthetics in the protocol. But as much as possible, we try to maximize nutrient density from real food sources. It may be in a powder or a capsule, but it was actually derived from real food that didn't have toxicants in it. And then the gut function, right? If your digestive function is reduced, which most people do have reduced digestive function, then you're not really digesting and absorbing everything that you're putting into your body, which means you're really wasting it through your poop, not your urine. Um, and then your gut biome, if it's met wrecked because of all the pesticides and herbicides and other things and acid suppressors and anti-inflammatory medicines, and most people do have some issues with the balance and diversity of their gut biome, then you're not able to process every nutrient into the form that you need it in your body because your biome does some of that for you. So there's a lot of complexity to that question, but I can tell you this, you're not going to get it from the food, period. So <laughs> you're either going to live without it or you're going to begin to supplement. I think the best thing to do if you can get access to it is get an intracellular micronutrient test and know what you need. Um, I use the ones through Vibrant. Uh, I do have a short course I recorded after our last podcast because we talked a lot about toxicants, gut, and nutrients and how that foundation has to be built to get a good result. And in that course, I'm talking through each of those tests. I'm showing my results on those tests and what you learn and what would I do about it. So anybody who's really interested in better understanding what I mean by these tests and what it look like and how do you understand and interpret them, I did create that. And that's Jason's going to make that available at some point as a free download for anybody who wants it. So It'll help you to understand. So the best case scenario is you actually get your own test. You identify what you your needs are. You use really good, well-designed supplements that have bioavailability to uh, fill in those gaps. And then you remeasure after a few months. And that's what we do. And we typically see the patient's nutrient status is now optimal and they're in good shape. So, um, you know, ultimately you are going to have some of the supplements end up in your poop or your urine. You're, some of them are going to end up there and not get into your body. But if you just hope to get it through the food supply, then you're, you're, you're hoping in vain. It's just not going to happen for you unless you are a regenerative farmer or part of a regenerative, regenerating regenerative farm community. And everything you're getting is from nutrient replete, healthy soil and healthy livestock. If that's your reality, you might be getting everything, but even then you're probably missing stuff. So, okay. So in a, in a holistic approach to this, just to kind of recap what I heard you say there is if I have a healthy gut biome, 
And if I'm eating the highest quality food my budget will allow, which means primarily organic, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then because I have a healthy gut, I'm getting nutrient dense food because the fact is even the leafy, the, the greenest of green leafy greens, if not organic these days, so much of the nutrient is just kind of diminished by toxins and just kind of the, the, the first world we, we live in. And if I, if I do those things, then not only will it impact my overall health, but it will make me better able to utilize to the greatest extent, extent the supplementation that I'm going to need. And again, trying to keep this because it, it is a lot and I, i'm trying now since we did cover so much the first time to try to put myself in that listener's position that they don't geek out on this stuff like you and i do every day so i'm thinking okay wait a minute okay so okay so here's what i'm hearing i'm thinking about doing i, I want to do something for my body composition and so you're telling me that i need to do i heard some screening i need to do my gut biome i need to understand that i gotta get that healthy so that my supplements work better and i gotta eat certain foods so I want to back it up to this point. Would you say, Dr. Gus, that as part of even beginning this protocol, should I have these screenings done to see exactly where my deficiencies are? I mean, because we've, we've talked about this and you mentioned it earlier. You don't have to take semaglutide to have these, these results, but people that have struggled and struggled, and we covered that in the last podcast for genetic reasons and, you know, family history, it might be the thing that really kind of gets you just in a space of feeling you have some control, but, but all things being equal, whether to, to help determine that question, I guess would be the, with my question to help determine whether or not this is a path to go on. What screening should I get day one, as far as blood work, gut biome, uh, as far as part of the overall protocol, do I have, what information do I need to know from day one before I can even move forward and get into the supplementation, whatever I'm going to okay. do? Well, let me, I'm sorry to do this, but let me back up and make it easier than that. And then we'll, I'll tell you what that is the case. So Perfect. the best case scenario would be identify a clinic or a clinician or, and this could be led by a health coach who has the tests available, a comprehensive gut assessment via stool, a urinary comprehensive toxicant assessment, and a blood intracellular and extracellular micronutrient panel. Um, that would be the best thing. Dr. Best, real quick. So somebody out there that's on semaglutide or thinking right now and has not done some sort of a screening, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? Well, I was about to just say, so that's your best case scenario, but I'm about to back it up and say, but you don't have to do all that. Okay. Okay. Let me just tell you what I would do because it's going to be hard for, I wouldn't share this protocol if I thought the only way to use it was you had to go get all those tests done. I wouldn't share it. Yeah. So that's your best case scenario. And then a health coach could walk you through and help you fix all that. But what this is what I've learned that, I mean, if, if you will apply these principles, which fix the gut and fix nutrient status and clean up your environment, you can just jump in and do this because you're going to get healthier anyway. Um, your body will become more resilient. And so let me back up and just try to make it really simple. You would need to optimize your nutrient status. And that is going to involve some supplementation. And we have the list of the minimum, like of what I recommend at the bottom. You also are going to need to make sure that you're attending to variables like stress and sleep while you're doing this so that you don't crash. In order to lose weight, you're going to have to create a calorie deficit. 
you're going to have to cut back on the volume of food you eat. That is critical. If you don't have to use semaglutide, but in my experience, if you're trying to get your body to migrate from a particular weight that it may have been at for a long time, when we talked about set points in the last uh, discussion, and you're trying to get your nervous system and your energy balance system to say, hey, we can go to this new place, and you have all this inertia and resistance working against you, that usually if you go ahead and force your body to make that adaptation, it'll happen easier you know, and more quickly. What I mean by force is you really cut down your food volume, like a serious calorie restriction where your body has no choice but to begin to access stored, stored energy. So what have my patients that I've been working with do? They've often started at under a thousand calories a day, which is a low calorie diet for virtually anyone. And most of them ended up finding out that they could go un under 600 calories a day uh, maybe five days a week, six days a week. Some days, maybe they ate 1200. We don't get too caught up on that, but then most of them could eat under 600 calories a day in a sustained way, dropping weight, working out consistently and feeling really good while adding strength and muscle. So you have to create this calorie restriction and this is on the guide. And I recommend if you do this and you're going to supplement and optimize nutrients, you cut it down under a thousand and maybe even 600. That's not a lot of food. You'll probably need to track it. It's very easy to overshoot that. Then we have to maintain our muscle. So if you cut back your calories, but you maintain optimal nutrient status, including the amino acids, which are critical but you don't create a stimulus for your body, for your muscles or your metabolic rate, then your body will begin to slow your metabolic rate and it will begin to go to your muscle tissue to get some of its energy. And because that's what it wants to do. It wants to conserve your fat storage or at least portions of it and, and take away muscle, which is expensive tissue. So we don't want that to happen. Our end goal is we lost body fat, but we gained muscle. And historically, we didn't think that's possible. It's called recomping the body. We now know it's very possible if you apply the right principles for people who have a good bit of weight to lose. It appears to be even possible for people who are near optimal body comp if they use this. I learned that myself using this protocol after the first of the year, but that's a, a different discussion. So what we have to do is while we're doing this and we're going to cut our calories back we're supplementing to optimize nutrient status. We push our metabolic rate up by maintaining our levels of exercise, in fact, increasing them or adding exercises. We haven't been taking walks, standing more than sitting, moving around, but we absolutely do some form of structured resistance training for strength. Now, I have a resistance training guide I'm going to share with Jason that discusses those principles, and he'll share that as well. And it'll tell you what is it you have to do to meet this bar. Um, but the reason for this is that if your muscles are receiving a stimulus that they're needed, that they're being used, your nervous system will preserve them as long as it has amino acids available. So if you're not getting enough energy and you're not uh, putting your muscles under stress, your body will take some of the muscle for energy. If you're not getting enough energy and you're not getting enough amino acids, no matter how much you're exercising, your body will start taking your muscles to make amino acids. So in our case, we're not getting enough energy, but we are getting the amino acids from a supplement and 
we are doing the resistance training consistently to a threshold that our nervous system says, well, I can't let go of the muscle. It's being used every day. And the body will actually respond to that and keep and build muscle while you drop fat. Does that make sense, Jason? Makes a lot of sense. And I think one of the things too, that while we're on this topic of maintaining lean muscle mass at a time whenever you're pushing towards a caloric deficit, which one of those first things to go whenever we start to really figure out how to dial into the Goldilocks calories uh, and, and calorie restriction approach without overdoing it is this lack of protein. I know that we talked about it in the um, longevity masterclass, but if you would, for that person out there that they're stuck in this mindset, the only way I build muscle is to consume lots and lots of protein. And if I'm only going to, if I'm going to start out, I mean, I'm willing, Dr. Gus, I will go 600 calories to a thousand calories, even though I usually eat 3000, but I'm headstrong. But when you tell me that most of my protein comes from steaks, I'm going to pull way back on that or, or red meat of any kind. Explain how the amino acids can, in fact, help make up that protein deficit that you might find yourself in as you start to recomposition your body. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, so the protein target is very high. This is strongly scientific. There's an enormous number of randomized controlled trials, our gold standards for research, demonstrating the priority of protein for preserving muscle and adding muscle. Um, so this one's not debatable. And if and there's also a huge body of science, good research that if you're trying to recomp your body or just even lose fat, using a high protein diet is far more effective for a couple of reasons. One is you do tend to preserve muscle and protein is very satiating. It, it tends to keep you full longer. Now, part of that is it takes longer to digest, which is true. But the other is that your nervous system, when it senses amino acids coming into your gut, it's pacified. It's like, OK, we got that. We don't have to worry about that. So the protein is just non, it's not a debate. We know it's needed. Again, people are going to bring up mTOR and longevity and protein cycling. That's a different topic for a different day. We're talking about optimizing body composition, which is way up the priority chain from that type of stuff. That's so we got we to get this done first. Then we can talk about doing that. So you, it's best when you can individualize your target because it depends on your gender and your weight and age and activity level. But these are some bars that I've just set for people if they're going to try and lose a decent amount of weight while they keep their muscle. At a minimum for women, an average size woman, you got to get at least 120 grams of protein. And I'd prefer 150. For men, a minimum would be 150 and I would prefer 180. Okay, so remember that women 120 to 150, men 150 to 180, and I favor the high side. Well, how are we going to get that? Well, the, before we talk about that, let's talk about how you distribute it because you can't consume all of that at one time. Even if you could, you'll only utilize maybe 40 at max 50 grams of that protein to build up your body. The rest will just get detoxed through nitrogen elimination pathways or converted to calories. So, the best thing to do is to take the, whatever the number is, anywhere from 120 to 180, and divide it into four portions, you know, every three to four hours throughout the day and have a, you know, not a, uh, we want to honor timing principles. You don't want to eat close to bedtime. Those are, that's on the document. It's clearly explained on the document. So I won't go into that right now, but a lot of people are using intermittent fasting 
for was successfully to control eating behavior and to lose weight and get healthier. I love that. But most of the time when I put people on this protocol, they're not eating many calories. So the body is under a lot of calorie stress, stress. They're physically training their bodies hard. So their body is under that type of stress. It's not under nutrient stress because we've maximized that, but we've got these other forms of stress. So I'm not really into trying to fast while you do this. I'm like, why don't you go ahead and stick to what we'd call a 12-12, meaning a, a minimum of a 12-hour overnight continual fast, no food or beverage calories, but have 12 hours where you're layering in this protein four times spread out over that feeding window. The other option would be a 14-10, 14-hour overnight fast with a 10-hour window. Again, that's a that's not for people like you and I, Jason, in the state we're in. This is for people who need to drop the weight and are trying to fix their health, and they're going to put their body under pretty severe calorie stress and physical stress. I don't want them to then also restrict food from a timing perspective. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So don't do don't go with a you know a sixteen eight or an eighteen six type intermittent fast and try to do this. It will not work. Go with a twelve twelve or a fourteen ten, and try to distribute the protein every three to four hours throughout your feeding window. Now, what does that look like? Well, it can be food based protein. But the most utilizable and nutritious sources are animal proteins such as beef. Well, eggs first, pasture raised. And then pasture-raised, natural, you know, humanely treated beef, bison, uh, elk, you know, ruminant animals, venison, things of that sort. Um, some seafood maybe, but caution about sources. Some chicken, but caution. Um, but that so those are one way. And then you can get some from plants, of course, beans, legumes, things of that sort. But you don't get as much protein. You don't digest. You don't end up assimilating as much. Now, you can also use protein supplements, whey protein powder or plant-based protein powder. Good quality, of course. Um, I think we have some links for those that I would recommend. And each scoop is typically 25 grams of protein. And so you could have a scoop and a half and there would be 40 grams right there. And that's probably your body could take that in, okay. And that's reasonable. And then my favorite option and the easiest one, because you're trying to lose weight and minimize calories is to use essential amino acids. Now, the essential amino acids are just the eight essential amino acids in specific ratios in tablet or powder form. They don't have any calories. They don't create an insulin response. They don't break a fast. They are a protein equivalent. When you take them, they're 100% absorbed regardless of gut issues. So you know they're getting into your bloodstream and they are 99% utilized for protein synthesis by your cells. They're not detox through nitrogen elimination pathways or converted into calories. They are simply used to make stuff in your body. And so when you take a portion of them, they are, it's bioequivalent for, from anywhere from, you know, 16 to 25 grams of protein, depending on what you compare it to. If you compare it to eggs, which are highly utilizable forms of protein, maybe 16. And if you compare it to most other forms of protein, it's 25 grams, meaning each time you take five of those tablets, it is as though you ate a portion of protein. You can also take eight or 10 of them potentially and get an even better response. You don't need to exceed 10. There's not much more value or two scoops if you prefer the powdered form. So most of my patient, patients just start using this and because they can wake up in the morning and they can go ahead and take five or more and they immediately are putting into their bloodstream quickly the stimulus of those amino acids and your body can make the other 14 
that it needs. And if it has those eight, it will. So you don't have to worry about what about the other 14, not at least on a hour by hour basis over each day, you want to get some complete protein. You don't want to only take the amino acids, although they've done studies with them and they turned out quite well um, for periods of time. So they can take them first thing in the morning and they didn't break their fast. They didn't get any calories. And now they have uh, the equivalent of 20 to 25 grams of protein in their system. Or if they took more, then they have more. Then they can go ahead maybe a couple hours later and have their scoop of whey and make their protein smoothie. And now they just got another 25 or 30 grams or possibly more if they use more of the whey. Then they might get around to midday or like one o'clock and they're not hungry at this point, especially if they're on semaglutide. So they just take more amino acids. There's your next portion. And then they get around to four o'clock. Maybe they take another portion. Maybe they drink more protein. Maybe they eat a snack that has protein. You know, they eat some protein at dinner. Then they take another portion at night. By the time you get done with that, you know, you've had probably two portions of food-based protein, uh, maybe, maybe one. You've had your, maybe your protein shake as your other, but you've had multiple portions of the amino acids. And now you've got the equivalent of 180 to 200 grams of protein into your body. So that was a long winded, I know, but I'm just trying to stress how important this is. Most of the, I mean, I, I have a real question whether if we just used only the amino acids and essential fatty acids like omega threes and did the same protocol and maybe had them just take a multivitamin, not all the extra stuff, if they wouldn't still be getting these results. Cause I think most of it is due to the availability of the amino acids because most people are walking around insufficient of those right now. I think it's a great question. And I think it also helps for the listeners, especially um, females who hear this and they get scared of protein. They say, I don't want to be bulky. I don't want to, I don't want to add that much muscle that this is a way that essentially you essentially essential amino acids will give you the impact and you can kind of rest assured. First of all, muscle is good. I won't go into the whole detail. I won't go on a soapbox about why you should never worry about being bulky, especially if you're a woman, but nevertheless, this can, this, I would think this would help alleviate some of that concern. Yes. Absolutely. You're not going to get bulky. I yeah. promise you. And yeah, you've got to have this protein. If you're trying to accomplish this one thing, this is what you've got to have. Now, again, 90 something percent of people that come into my clinic who do eat an omnivore diet, both plant and animal, sit down. And those who say, oh, I love protein. When we do the inventory, they're not consuming enough protein. And they're shocked and they realize it. Then I'll show them their blood markers. If we have the the nutrient test, I'll show them that their essential amino acid levels are low and that many amino acid metabolites are low. But also often we'll see other markers on their blood test, signs that their immune system isn't functioning optimally. Hormones are downregulated, possibly uh, protein, you know, measurable levels of albumin are borderline low, uric acid's borderline low. Those are all signs your body's not getting enough protein. And that's going to contribute to loss of muscle, loss of bone. The, the number one cause of osteoporosis is not menopause. It is insufficient protein intake. Menopause definitely plays a role and other factors play a role, but just not having enough of the building block bone, 70% protein that you make bone out of is what causes osteoporosis and age and other factors. So 
that's always like step one. It's like the first thing I'm trying to fix with everybody I work with. And I'm like, <laughs> they should be saying, well, why did I have to spend this much money just to learn to eat more protein? <laughs> but I'm like, you just like, and you can just look at the blood work later if you only fix that one thing. And we never only fix that. We try to fix the whole system. But in patients where maybe that was really about it, it was like that was the one thing they were missing. Everything just like falls into place beautifully. Suddenly, like immune system hormones and DEXA data and lean mass and response to exercise. And I'm like, thank you. You're finally, you're ner- and their hunger goes way down because their nervous system isn't freaked out trying to figure out when is it going to get the amino acids it needs so it can maintain the structure and function of the body. Fantastic. Okay. Now here is something, unless there's another question that you want to cover about the protocol, I do have one that I thought was pretty good for anybody listening to this that someone sent to me. Uh, do you have another question from a patient that you want? To- I don't, but hold that question. I just want to back up one moment and say, remember, you're going to optimize your nutrient status using supplementation. You're going to create a pretty severe calorie deficit. You're not cutting out nutrients. You're cutting out calories. You're going to physically train your body and your muscles so that you keep your metabolic rate up and you keep and build your muscles. Is that, that what we're talking about? Is it really that simple? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, yes, because it seems to be, it's the one thing that I keep telling everybody that if they're not thinking about what they're doing to their, their, their muscle and their potential bone density in older age, then they are. So here's the deal for the listener. And, and you're, you're the physician obviously, but what I've been kind of trying to explain to people is you're looking for the boogeyman around the corner, this horrible side effect, because all medicines are bad. All, you know, there's no way that there's not some piper to be paid at the end of this deal. Well, you are the one that's in control of that. You are the one that creates the adverse impact of these peptides. If you don't follow these proper protocols to take care of your system nutritionally and make sure it gets the macronutrients that it needs to be healthy and have the muscle and bone density, right? I mean, so essentially you as the actual patient, you're the one that creates the bad side effect, not the peptides in and of themselves. If you decide to go that route, right? Yep. That's exactly right. Yes. percent. Yes. Yeah. And I just want to keep backing up and reminding people in the end of the day, this is not very complex. It sounds like it because the principles that undergird it are very complex and I don't understand them all. I'm just, I'm interested in what works. And that that I can say it, it appears to be working because it really makes sense of how the body is designed according to how I know it at this time. Right. It's really not that complex, but you've got to get it right. The document that Jason will make available to everybody is very clear about this. It is everything I'm sharing with you, <laughs> except for all the extraneous details you don't really want are right there in that document. So ask that question, Jason. Okay. So here's the one. And I think that it's perfect for you guys, because I think that you spend a lot of time through your heart for your patients dealing with this question that somebody sent in that was basically like, they're just struggling mentally and psychologically about this. And here's the question, Dr. Gus, how do you help patients overcome mental and emotional barriers to achieving body composition change? Uh, and what methods do you find most effective for improving their well-being from an emotional slash fear standpoint? So it sounds to me like someone that when they hear the calorie restriction, they've got some history, be it hereditary, just their own life. They're like, this kind of freaks me out to even think about only eating 600 to a thousand calories and really getting this. How do you help your patients overcome some of those mental barriers to get to this point? 
Yeah, that's such a wonderful question. And I appreciate the person being honest about that. It's not easy. I'm, I'm not a trained therapist, uh, you know, for people with eating challenges, but I've worked with a lot of people with these challenges and I have a lot of compassion. And although some people might look at me and say, well, you've probably never had this struggle. You know, when I was 40, I'm 53 now, when I was 40 and I was five six years, seven years into trying to run a little primary care medical business with three little kids in my home under financial stress and time stress, taking call, going to the hospital. I was 30 pounds heavier than I should have been. I'm 30 pounds lighter than I used to be. Now, I didn't look like a guy that had that extra 30 pounds because, you know, I kind of wore it (laughs) well, (laughs) but it was definitely there. And, uh, you know, and so that's a lot of weight I was carrying. And and now, thankfully, at 53, that 30 pounds is gone. And I've added a lot of muscle to my body and I feel great. But I have been on my own journey with this stuff as well. And so it's not like I'm just stand outside and try to help people who are on the journey. But, you know, first and foremost, what I share with them, one, I don't ask anybody to take a journey that involves too much fear. Right. Like if it's going to be something that's going to stress your brain out, possibly trigger uh, higher levels of anxiety, affect your sleep, then maybe we need to go do some mental work first before we push you in this direction. I don't tell my my patients come to me and express their goals. I help them evaluate their health and I give them an honest mapping of their system and how it makes sense of the story of health that they've shared with me. And then we talk about how they can tell that story, how they can experience the story of health that they're expressing their desire for. And that's what my work is. And if someone comes in to see me and they have 40 or 50 pounds of extra weight and they're like, that doesn't bother me. And it's just not one of my goals. I'm not going to spend a lot of time pushing them on that. I'm going to say, okay, I'm here to serve you. What are your goals? Now, in my mind, I'm thinking if I find factors on their blood tests that indicate that weight is causing them health issues, then there's a part of me always thinking, how can I sneak it in somehow? Because I want them to be healthy and that's part of it. But it's so if they come and they're like, I got to lose this weight, I can't live with this anymore, but I'm scared to death about this. One of the first things I'll share with them is that they probably have never tried to do this with optimized nutrient status. So they never have known what it could feel like to how to manage hunger and energy and emotions with a full playing deck inside their body. And that it's probably going to be a different experience for them than it's been before, because a lot of what caused their challenges were nutrient deficiencies. So that's always good. And, and then I'll say, Hey, look, before we even cut back your calories, let's just optimize your nutrient status and see how differently you feel. You'll probably notice that cravings are reduced. Your overall hunger is reduced. How much you eat is reduced. And we could just take that step first. It only takes a few weeks to a month. If you'll let me do it aggressively, we'll get everything pumped up every inside your body and you'll be, then you'll have that experience. And that can work quite well for them. Some of the patients who come to see me, who we do this, will do their genetics for eating behavior. So we actually look at their genetics for hunger and satiety. It doesn't change anything in the end, but as we show them the patterns and the genes that can drive uh, excessive eating in our modern environments and explain how this wouldn't have happened 
in historical times, you would not have gone over to your neighbor by the fire and clubbed him over the head and taken his portion of the buffalo, right? That's not that's not what would have happened. Not that you're doing that now, but you wouldn't have had such a drive to overconsume that you would have done that. It's because of what the food engineers have done to our food and the way it's manipulating your brain and taking advantage of genetics that we're a good program, but not a great program for our modern environments. And what that does for them is it, it really makes sense of their challenge because we can look at the genetics for hedonic eating, which is, of course, craving and dopamine and serotonin. We can look at the genetics for their energy balance system that regulates metabolism and fat storage so they can understand that yeah, they got a lot bigger than everybody else, even though they didn't seem to be eating a whole lot differently than everybody else. And that wasn't because other people were doing something like really good and they weren't. It's just genetics that potentiated it. And then the intestinal peptide genetics that influence those hunger waves. So when we can decode it and break it down like that for them, it it's not that it changes what we have to do. We're still going to follow the same plan. But it depersonalizes it for them. It's yep. no longer, yeah, gosh, I'm flawed. What's wrong with me? You know, it's really, oh, this was just how I was designed. And like all of us have some mismatches for our modern environments. Every one of us, it's just that when your mismatch is in regards to the food piece and you have these obesity potentials, everybody can see what your issue is. Yep. Yeah, you know, whereas the rest of us, it might be something very different and then and, and that other people can't see, but we're still struggling with it. It's still going to impact our health. It's impacting our well-being. And, you know, when you do with the work I do for as long as I have, you see so much. Right. And everybody and yourself. You know? <laughs> if there's one patient I work on more than anybody else, it's me. <laughs> you know? Amen. Yeah. And so you see it. And one, you learn to stop judging anybody, right? Period. And stop judging yourself, you know? Now, yeah, identify self-destructive patterns and start figuring out how to fix them. Like that is, I guess, a form of judgment, but don't like negatively judge yourself or judge other people. Two, um, everybody's struggling with something. So, and the modern environments with the changes in air, water, and food, the toxicants, the un unnatural uh, electromagnetic fields from all of our tech, the screens, the distortions of our circadian biology, every single human being has some parts of their biology that are just not doing well and they need to get fixed. And then the marketplace is responding to that by saying, hey, if you walk into this one store, here's alcohol, nicotine, and possibly cannabis, depending on what state you live in, soon to be psilocybin in many places and has some, and psilocybin has some potential therapeutic benefits, but whatever, you know. Um, and then there's sugar and caffeine and, you know, MSG and chips with seven different flavors coated on top of them. Like, it's like you walk into the average and nothing against convenience stores and it is just a big trap for your brain of toxic stuff that... You know, and it's the cheapest stuff too. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm not I'm not criticizing people who end up in those situations at all, but I, I am suggesting that our system, where we with the time that we've arrived in, like it's so easy to go pacify with the tiny little band-aids that are insufficient, our various ways that we don't feel good, instead of going back and building a foundation of health and creating a new path for ourselves 
where we experience our bodies as God designed them to be. Everybody who takes that journey, and you'll amen this, never looks back again. It's not a struggle. I don't worry. I don't struggle with not drinking alcohol. I don't even think about it. I don't struggle with uh, over like overeating some junk food. It doesn't mean I might not have a chip and some sour cream and onion dip at somebody's like, <laughs> afternoon soiree, but you know, cause I don't freak out about all that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to sit around like worried about that. I'm not, you know, I, I just, I, I have no interest because I feel too good to give it up. Exactly. I went off on a long tangent there. I told you I wasn't going to do it and I couldn't help myself, but. Well, you know, these- I, I'm hoping that's encouraging, like to the asker of this question, as well as others, that there is hope. Hope is a very powerful word. And there are a lot of people that go on this body composition journey that yeah, they're at their wits end, man. They're just like, this is something I just can't. And then they just, they give up. And, and it's, and I just, to me, that's the most heartbreaking thing is because it just, cause I do, I mean, I, I sit here and to your point, when you understand what it means to have your body, at least to a point, not, we're never going to be 100% perfectly optimized, but to a point where you just, again, you're so obsessed with feeling good naturally and the way our bodies were designed that I want that for everyone. I mean, to me, so that's, that's why I really want to make sure I got that question in there because I, I think it's important and I think you do a very good job of this, Gus, and understanding, again, there is just a, a component for a lot of these patients that you see of just, I'm hopeless and I feel helpless. And that's what I think you give them. When you start talking about the genetics, when you start talking about historic, when you start opening their eyes to the modern day habitat, habitat, it answers some questions. And when we have answers, then we can start to feel a sense of certainty and a sense of control. And that's what we all hate is to feel, I mean, I'm the same way. Whenever my weight starts creeping up as, mm-hmm. as vain as, as long as I know why, if I can look back and go, well, no wonder. I mean, I had a pizza the night before I drank a lot of water. I didn't do anything to sweat. And so yeah, I bumped up two or three pounds. I know why those times, and this does still happen occasionally where all of a sudden I'm holding some weight for some reason that I can't explain away based on temporary diet. I'm like, it freaks me out. I don't mind the couple of pounds as long as I can explain them and know why and know how to get rid of them. So I think what you're doing is you're giving people the hope to say, Hey, we understand here. Here's why this is happening. So it's okay. So because we know why, then we can actually control. And I think that gives people a lot of hope. It does. And one other thing, a lot of people who are challenged by binge eating disorders or overeating challenges do have prior trauma they're masking through the eating. Absolutely. It's a huge thing. And so I, what I do typically is I try to pick at that a little just to see. I don't. They don't have to tell me the whole story if they're not ready. But if it's clear that there's a, a trauma root in there, I'll typically refer them for some deeper trauma work to, so they can try to get healed of that, and uh, which can happen. And that way they can then move into this new paradigm without that provoking the eating response. But the final thing I'll tell them, in addition to, well, one, you've never optimized nutrient status. Two, let me show you why it's not really something you chose for yourself, um, is three... <laughs> For these people, especially with semaglutide, right? If we add this in, yeah, you might have some mental work to do on why you're using food this way and blah, 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 the trauma. But 
the semaglutide, if you tolerate it well, and we get it to an effective dose, you're not going to think about food. You're not going to feel the hunger. You're not going to struggle with the cravings, or at least they won't be as powerful. So I think it's a beautiful tool for the population of people who struggle with significant excess fat issues and eating behavior dysfunction. It's a beautiful, beautiful tool for these people. Yeah. And so just to, to that point, because I was trying to explain this to someone here recently after our episode, I explained it like this. If you're, and, and I'm using this as a generic term, if your drug of choice is food, and so therefore you that what the semaglutide can do is all of a sudden it takes that drug off the table as being the fixer of something that you're that it's trying to it's 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 this it's the salve it's trying to soothe the pain but all of a sudden you may still feel the anxiety you and hit the cool thing is in my this is just my un you know uneducated un opinion is if you can remove that salve that is food it's the comfort food it's it help, helps you deal with stress but now all of a sudden you're not craving that then that removes a barrier between you and the real root cause of what is bothering you what what is the it's one step closer because now i don't have the craving to soothe that with food so i'm just left with maybe it helps you get a little bit closer to the issue so it can have a profound impact so it just i think it just it, it offers like a a real nice regulator on that type of issue because we know there are so many people that they're whatever their addiction food uh porn uh anything if you can remove the desire and remove the power that 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 your brain has been wired to receive from that thing that's a pretty powerful thing it's a really powerful thing and i hope i didn't get, don't get anybody on this audience but I'll tell you spiritually, God can remove that for you. Now, it doesn't always happen the day you'd like. It doesn't happen right away. There's usually a tough walk. I've been through my own versions of this, of letting go of habits that I carried forward from my youth that needed to go. And it sure took a lot longer, maybe even years, in some cases, decades for the uh, challenge, the desire to have to push through it, to find something else to do, to apply some of these techniques that, like, that Jason teaches in his math, Massively Transformational Habit course. Um, you know, you do, but then there comes this day where you're just released from it altogether. Yeah. And it doesn't even cross your mind. There's no longer a temptation. And that's the most beautiful type of freedom a person can experience. They're free to be that person they desire to be. Uh, and, and they can just walk in that naturally without having to fight for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I do, uh, you know, I see patients come in and some of them, um, have these remarkable transformations so quickly so quickly and they're just blown away and the joy that just flows out of them and i'm like god did that not me <laughs> right? like, i mean i never do it it's it's them that do it and it's their bodies that make it possible maybe i play a role of being a helpful guide in the process but in these particular cases i'm like nah <laughs> there was that was just pure and simple you looked up and said it's time and i need healing and healing came upon you I love it. All right, so let's let's fit, let's give the people some ways to go even deeper. So, audience, here's the deal: if you're a do-it-yourselfer, uh, Dr. Gus has graciously offered up all of his notes on the body composition protocol. What everything from, and, and he mentioned it. He's actually putting together kind of like a like just kind of the resistance training 101. You've heard it's because some, some of you listening, I guarantee you. 
You've never lifted weights. You thought, I don't want to bulk up. I don't want to lift weights. Why would I ever lift weights? And we're, tell we're telling you, you need to add lean body mass. You do need to do that. So we're going to get to you for, for free, the body composition handbook that Dr. Gus, I have organized his notes. They're already organized. I just made them kind of look pretty. And so that's going to be available. I know that um, I'm trying to think I'll have it. I'll probably have the, the instructions to how to get it in the show notes. I want to make sure that we get it to you the most efficiently way, efficient way possible between uh, my channels as well as Dr. Gus's. But if you want to even go a step further and you're not going to, most likely you're not going to be in Asheville, North Carolina. And trust me, you know, I can't afford Dr. Gus. The man has just got, too, you know, he's at this point, he's too, he's, he's just, he's got too, too, too much, too much demand and not enough Dr. Gus. But here's what you can do. He has created an entire in-depth course on body composition. So you can take these things that we've done, we've talked about, and you don't have to remember it all. And for the Jason Wright Show listener, for $79, and by the way, that's not what this episode's about. Dr. Gus just said, here, this might help. Let's just, if you want to mention it. So yes, I'm like, absolutely. For $79, you can actually take this course that Dr. Gus has developed and you can start to apply this and you can rewind and you say, wait, wait, why didn't that work? So we're going to make that available. Again, the show notes will have it very clearly how you can receive that either from my platform and channels as well as his. And then what, what am I forgetting, Gus, that we wanted to make sure that everybody. Yeah, yeah so uh, I'm giving Jason a lot to do here. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm glad yeah. if it helps these folks. And, and he said he can't afford me, but that's not true because we got <laughs> to keep Jason under 50 and he'd pay any that's, price. <laughs> that's, right. that's true. That's very true. very true. For that to happen. But um, yeah, so there's the body composition ebook, which was a Word document, a Franken document I seen together that Jason converted into a beautiful ebook. And it's really well organized. I read it and I was like, this is great. And it has things in bold that you need to do. It discusses the calorie marks, the protein marks. It lists the supplements I recommend. Uh, it's all right there for you. Exactly. What you we're, get, we're, we're letting people. And you don't have to like push a button and listen to me soapbox for 10 minutes to, <laughs> to like get through it. Um, there's that, the resistance training guide that will teach you the essentials of how you keep or build more muscle. And there's a lot of different ways to do it, but these are what you've got to get done. And that's all based on science. A short document on essential amino acids to explain again why I love them and why I think they play such a helpful role and how to use them. An actual free course, which Jason will just pop out there later, so have your eyes on it to walk through all those tests that I talked about and show you my results and what they look like and teach you a lot of what I would do about that to build that foundation. It's an hour and a half of content I recorded that's going to be free for anybody who wishes to dig in a little deeper and see what I'm talking about. And then finally, it's the body comp course. That's the one purchasable because that's a professional course that has at least five hours of teaching in it and there'll be more to come. And in that course, what I did is I, one, we start with the simplest stuff. Like you got to get this right. You got to get this right. Let's teach you how to do it. It has accompanying PDFs that explain everything and resources. But then for people who have a particular problem area, possibly eating behavior, we go into a lot of uh, strategies and understandings around how you can begin to change eating behavior and how to use mindfulness of eating principles and things of that sort. We get into toxicants and 
how to deal with that. We get into mitochondria function for energy and efficiency. So you can eat less food and make more energy. We get into peptides that you may consider, some of which you could go source on your own that can accelerate weight loss or improve metabol metabolic health and botanicals that help. So it's not, it's all organized in various topics. And it goes kind of from like the ABCs to the more complex stuff to the more complex stuff. But it was literally like, I, I want someone to be able to have every single thing I would teach them about optimizing, not just body composition, but health available and be able to take it at their pace to their level of understanding and capability. So that course is a $79, which is uh I think actually a really good deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't have to go to medical school to, to, you just get to go, you just go download it and learn it. Like we didn't have to go through all the stuff you went through to be able to right. figure this stuff out. Yeah. And my goal is for this to truth to get out everywhere for people. It really, it, regardless of how much, uh, neither Jason and I care that we would get any credit for that or that everybody would buy the, say the courses we're creating, but we're creating them because we want truth to be able to move through our culture because we're in a health crisis and it's about to get a lot worse. And as I shared before, the biggest area that that impacts how I feel where I get a real sense of grief is with the children and what I'm observing in children. And so it's just like the more people who can understand these truths and have some simple strategies to begin to fix it, we could tilt this back. We could take it back in the direction of human beings being the image bearers that God created us to be on this planet. I love it. Amen. All right. And here's the one th last thing that I will leave you with Jason Wright show audience, send us questions. Uh, Dr. Gus and I were teaming up to, again, like he said, we want to solve some of these problems and I want to use this platform to answer your questions. Not, I mean, look, I geek out on the research and trying to figure these things out for myself, but I mean, to be able to deal with someone like Dr. Gus, who is a, is understands integrative health from an actual MD standpoint is such a benefit. And so send us your questions, keep sending them. We're going to keep doing these, um, ask Dr. Gus anything and trying to answer the question. If we miss something today, if you're still not clear, try get the free composition, uh, body composition handbook that I'm going to get, that I'm going to have out there for you, get all the resources that we're going to provide. And if you still don't get it, send me your questions. If there's something else that you want us to talk about, I know one of the things, Dr. Gus, we talked about a little bit is kind of the um, the absorbability of supplements, but I think we could do an entire show on just supplementation. You know, take from blood work to supplementation. Whatever you guys want to hear us talk about, give us those questions and we're gonna try to make these more regular where I can get Gus and his and his big brain to answer the Jason Wright Show audiences. I mean, because obviously as part of improving always and always, definitely, definitely taking care of this body that is our temple is incredibly important to that, to that end. So send me the questions. And you can do that by going to jasonrightnow.com. Just fill out the contact sheet. Go follow me on Instagram at Jason Right Now and just DM me your questions. If you're not a subscriber to the Vitruvian letter, then sign up for that at jasonrightnow.com. And you can literally just reply to the newsletter email and I'll get that. And we'll have those questions organized for you. And we will just keep trying to bring the best information possible for you, the Jason Wright Show audience and any of Dr. Gus's patients that are listening. Same thing. I will share every single thing that I get with him so that we're working in tandem to make sure that no stone goes unturned. All right. 
Yeah. And then real quick on my contact, can I give my contact, Jason? Please do. Absolutely. Yeah. So last time I gave my email address, <laughs> I'm pretty hapless at this time. My professional website is drgusvickery.com. That's drgusvickery.com. And that's where you can see videos of tests and case studies and find blogs and also a link to the video courses. Uh, our practice website, where my colleagues also work and offer programs and where we also offer health coaching packages and access to tests like we're talking about at affordable rates, uh, is AuthenticHealth.com, www.AuthenticHealth.com. And then finally, the courses, and Jason will, of course, put these in the show notes. Um, there will be a links off our sites to them, but Courses.AuthenticHealth.com will be the website. So courses.authentichealth.com. If you're interested in the body comp course, or you'd like to get the download of the free one I talked about, where we go through the test and the foundations. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Dr. Gus, thanks so much for sharing the time, brother. I appreciate this follow-up. I think hopefully this is going to help a lot of people because that was probably, I didn't think that, I mean, there's some, that, that thing's probably going to end up being the number one episode of 2023. I mean, it was, it was huge and people are, I know questions will still come. So thank you so much for being willing to do a follow-up and turning this into just a, a regular part of the Jason Wright show to have some time with you. And uh, this is great. So I appreciate the time, man. Thank you, man. So grateful. Well, there you go. That's it. That is the playbook. But look, don't just stop there. Go out to jasonrightnow.com forward slash play dash book. Sign up for a free no strings attached. Don't worry. That's it. Just sign up. It's free. Dr. Gus and I, we really want people to see change and we want this show to be beneficial to you. And if we think this will help you, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you as much information as possible. So go out to jasonrightnow.com forward slash play dash book and download the semaglutide playbook, all yours for free. And keep listening to more episodes with Dr. Gus as we're going to tackle some of these health issues going forward. So until then, keep improving always and always. I'm Jason and I'm out. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you enjoyed it, please consider going out to Apple and leaving us a five-star rating. That would mean the world to me. Also, follow me on Insta at Jason right now. And don't forget download the Vitruvian Lab app. I mean it. I want to be your personal peak performance trainer. I want to help you improve always and always. Lastly, check out my newsletter, the Vitruvian Letter. You can subscribe at jasonrightnow.com. And until we meet again, please continue to endeavor to improve always in always. I'm out.